Hi, this is the Value Line Observer, uh, brought to you by the Value Guys. I'm Vern Value. And I'm Val Hughes. And uh, we're here today as 20-year uh, Wall Street analysts, veterans, you might say, of our, uh, you might say. Of our trade, uh, that have uh, taken on secret identities so that we can bring you our candid opinions about uh, stocks out of Value Line. We couldn't possibly uh, weekly reveal publication. our true identities. Uh, well, we've disguised our voices, and uh, we often uh, take positions... Uh, Contrary to uh, what um, you know, the market might be uh, looking at to perhaps further uh, what distinguish ourselves. Well, I think you know we get together on Fridays. We have a couple of drinks. We say insane things at while we're looking through Value Line, and now we're recording that. What can I tell you? We have uh, long, successful careers on the street. We're not as successful making picks in Value Line after we drink, though, wouldn't you say? Uh, but but, the, but the whole idea but, here right. is entertainment. We're and trying to be. We're trying to pick good stocks. Valuable. But, uh, you know, you're really ways. responsible for uh, anything you might Listen do. Listen, if you'd like not. to. Turn the um, dial. Yeah, we might not. we might own some of these stocks. We might have other interests. In I own that, most uh, all of them that I speak uh, about. <laughs> generally speaking, yeah, or well, or have at some point. I have at past, some point, but that's certainly right. uh, in most cases we've looked at them sometime in the past. Uh, but occasionally we, uh, I've got a couple today I've never seen before. Uh, one that I think is a screaming buy. Uh, but anyway, this week we're going to be looking at the uh, Value Line Investment Survey from August 11th, and uh, later in the show I'm going to look at a handful of. Uh, Mostly kind of niche specialty retail names. The value line, uh, value line this week is heavy on uh, retailing. They've got retail automotive, retail store, Stores. retail special Stores lines, of all kind. uh, shoe industry. I think most of that's done retail. Uh, ha -ha. Anyway, um, but uh, before I go, I'm going to turn it over to, to lead us off this week. My uh, co-host in uh, cogency. Uh, perhaps. Thank you, I think. I don't know. Uh, I Val think this Hughes. week, thank you very much, Vern. Uh, I think it's important this week. A little rocky beginning. For the listeners. Well, it's important to know, first of all, uh, Vern's coming back from an extended trip, and so uh, he's a little out of sorts. Didn't want to say that himself. I'm just filling in now, and he's just, he's on, he's got jet lag. Good to have you behind me there. And he's only recently been speaking. Uh, our native tongue after uh, 10 days of speaking the foreign language. In complete language. sentences, anyway. I understand. Yeah. I mean, there was a little so, bit of, uh, uh, you know, so sign language and, you know, single word communication going that's on. That's noteworthy, I think. In fact, I haven't uh, seen Vern until yesterday when we both drove, uh, I think it's fair to say, with our families, uh, into the woods. So, Where we are uh, sitting right now. We're sitting uh, instant amongst the woods. And so you might hear some woodsy-type sounds in the background. But it's the perfect spot to, uh, I think, reflect on some of these important financial statistics that we and have. And, you know, we might, we might be hanging out in a cabin, but, you know, we're, we're always there and thinking of you every week. We know you get your value line. You're interested in looking at this week's uh, stock picks and uh, which ones maybe uh, would some Wall Street pros suggest that you take a look at out of the roughly 100 that they have in every There's week's issue. There's 100 in there. We're going to look at a couple. Okay, uh, go well, ahead. let me dig in. What do you got? This is uh, Val Hughes, and uh, I'm just paging through the value line this week. They do apparel, retail, shoes, as Vern was saying earlier, and I'm just kind of going in order here. So I'm first struck by the apparel industry. It starts on page 1651. There's a whole bunch of old line names in here who are still struggling to make ends meet, like Oxford Industries, page 1659. I mean, this company was invented really to provide Sears with clothes, I think literally a hundred years ago. <laughs> and their returns on capital are sort of mired in the low 
you know, double digits, 10, 11, 9. Um, they have some other brands. Some are decent, Ben Sherman and Nautica. But there's something that's happened in the uh, world of retail uh, apparel, and that What's is that, that, Val? Well, all the companies that sell stuff are now owned by Federated. So all the department stores are now What's owned by Federated. What's your distribution? Well, we do 15% uh, yeah, on the Internet So, you know, the consumer sees a federated. lot of different names on stores. But in fact, uh, they're all owned by one. Company. You know, the Macy's name is about. This is very uh, interesting. The Macy's name is about to become a kind of a national department store, and this is all being driven by Federated, which uh, gives them some economies of scale. But it's not that good if you're a supplier to this company because you get a little bit beat up on price, and they have a little, a lot of midline names that sell around the same price that you know they could use instead well, of your you've product. You've got that drag from uh, consolidating inventories. As well, well, I mean, do you, yeah, and you know, there's a lot of things that don't. You know, always work, and you're trying to build hits, and they don't always work. You got a lot of stuff you got to sell at discounts and such. But I mean, does it really matter if you have Nautica or if you have Tommy Hilfiger in your store? I mean, so there's a lot of power amongst the stores, who's now is one. Well, it sort of depends on what else you have, right? Returns. It does depend on what else you have, and uh, what else they have is uh, Indigo Palms, Island Soft, Indigo Palms. That's GD. Tommy Bahama's uh, upmarket. Label, isn't well, it? there's not that many Tommy Bahama stores compared to how many Sears stores there are, for example. So they've got some nice upscale brands. Mixed. My point in this is these guys are low returns, apt to stay that well, way. What are the multiples? I, I didn't hear anything about valuation. Discount to well, the market? Well, you don't need to. This oh. is going away. The other thing that's happening, oh, ladies and gentlemen, is that with uh, the elimination of the trade barriers to having apparel made in the lowest cost location, all apparel now is going to be made in China, pretty much. It's very inexpensive. And apparel is one of the areas that consumers have for a long time paid a lot more than it actually costs to make because of the perceived value of the goods. So if you're willing to pay $40 for a shirt 30 years ago, you're still willing to pay $40 for a shirt. The cost of making that shirt might have gone from $20 to $3 due to automation happening with cheap labor in other countries. But these brands have been able to keep that value uh, through design and distribution and really little monopolies town to town. That's all coming to an end. And uh, big customers, namely Macy's and others, they're going to have a few of their other names used, are squeezing these guys. And now they're going to have to squeeze back to the Chinese manufacturers. All these margins are going to be squeezed unless they have something proprietary. I guess that's my point. There's yeah. nothing really proprietary in a shirt. Just like we've seen in industry after industry. Yeah, industry after industry. If you industry, don't really add value, if you don't distinguish right. yourself That's in some way, point. you're ultimately going to get it. So the, most you know of why. the value now is going to be created on the design side, and you don't need 10 different uh, manufacturers of design, or certainly they're not going to all be paid premiums for doing so. So I just highlight a couple that don't look like they're any good because of that. Oxford. Phillips Van Heusen. Again, well, these are companies that you're saying don't really have much don't, to offer. Don't have, well, they're going to continue to lose share. They don't to, have value okay. added in a world where Chinese labor well, is What is it about Van Heusen? This is a stock people like, isn't it? Well, it's done well. Yeah, I guess, still at a I guess that says but it all. But their returns still, they've gone from 7, 8, 9% to low to they're 12%. Okay. And I'm just They're not getting any better than that's that. That's all they're going to get. Phillips Van Heusen. They may do some manufacturing. They got some you know, brands. I, Calvin I'm thinking Klein, of like, Van Heusen. You know, Gregory okay. Peck in 1957 when I think of Phillips right, the guy Van with the Heusen. pirate with the eye patch. That was Van Heusen. Van Heusen, okay. So they're, oh, you know, what right. have you. Yeah. Now, Value Line doesn't like, well, they do like Van Heusen. That's it, too. Now, Liz Claiborne, same deal. Brand, uh, Liz 
Claiborne, Ellen Tracy, but you know, buzzsaw of Federated, and they've got they've gone from you know 15, 20 percent returns on capital 10 years ago to now. 14, 13, 12, Value Line's predicting well, 11. You know, it's it, just, we've, we've both have shopped all of these different retailers and, and products, and frankly, they were fresh a decade ago or something like that, and they've been copied by everyone. Well, I, you know, the, the design side, I can't speak to that. I'm not an artist well, or designer. Well, I'm speaking to it. Just uh, when there's so many of them and the cost of making apparel keeps plummeting, they're just not going to be able to keep the premiums that they used to or the markups that they used to, and it's showing up in their returns on capital. Now, yep. the one I'm getting to here, the punchline in all this, is uh, on page 1661, Polo Ralph Lauren. Now... I like this one. Now, here's what I'm going to say about it. They do brands. They do them extremely well, but they kind of do one brand. They're not trying to do a dozen things like some of these other firms. And they've managed to secure them, themselves a space in a world of one or two department stores, the premium uh, line for mainstream America. They've got the imagery that can survive, and they've got their own little stores in these department stores that uh, they really seem to have no competition for. They don't manufacture anymore. They've maintained a tremendously stable return on capital for a dozen years. Their margins remain very stable and rising in terms of operating margins. They're going to do around 17-18%. Their earnings per share uh, 330-375. So it's just at a market multiple. This is not as cheap as I like to get them. Uh, cash flow per share projected next year to be around 5 bucks. Stock at 56. So it's just a bit over uh, 10 times, but they've got some brands that are working. They've got authority in the stores. Um, they have the power to hold margin in federated because there's really no one that can take their spot. They've managed to get in bed a little bit with Kohl's, so the you know middle of the road department store that's gaining a lot of share by adding locations. They're in with their Chaps brand in that, and I just think that uh, you know they're going to continue to gain share in apparel from na names that uh, don't have the star power of uh, of Polo, and they've had very few you know, missteps. No, here's a wacky idea for you. There's a couple uh, European, I believe, publicly traded groups that have assembled portfolios of premium brands. I'm thinking Louis Vuitton is one of the two. Um, and wouldn't Polo be the kind of if they either one of these wanted to expand to a and establish a core North American platform to then try and build on you know extend that portfolio concept? Wouldn't Polo be sort of the iconic kind of brand in that space that you'd want? Well, Polo would be a wonderful addition to anyone's portfolio, uh, which is uh, another reason you'd want to own it. But they have a singular message in a busy marketplace that I think gives them power. Um, and then to your point, this is the type of thing someone would, would want to own. Now, on the other hand, officers and directors here own 45%, so that's... I'm going to uh, run in the cabin and uh, refresh up my cocktail. Okay, okay I'll be right sure. back. You can yeah. carry on. Right. Sure. sure. Let me just get down the road here on a couple of other names. Um, also this week, they've got... So there's apparel. Polo, I like it. I don't own that. Put it away. The stock is up a bit. Uh, over the last five years, but it's uh, retraced here a little bit in the last, uh, well, since spring, it's down a little bit. Now, let me get into the retail store uh, area. They've done a lot this week, and I could have spent a lot of time in here. It's an area that's soft, in part because the 
uh, pundits predict, you know, nine out of every five recessions, and they've sort of been predicting one uh, again. Um, inflation's a little bit out of hand, uh, you know, largely due to, to energy, uh, but that's spooking people as well. Uh, remarkably, earnings uh, here in the last four weeks, most reported, have held up reasonably well. And so, and so I think there's, there's a reasonable belief, belief I certainly have the belief, that the economy is uh, really okay, and the stutter step we've had due to Bernanke trying to figure out how to, you know, say hello to everybody in the right way, has, uh, has been an opportunity to buy some good companies at good prices. Now, one I want to talk about right now is Dollar General, DG's the ticker. The stock has been crushed, mainly due to uh, you know soft comps, uh, same source sales growth, and that's due to, in part, uh, comparisons to a year ago pre-Katrina and lower gasoline. So their customers are getting beat up a little bit um, due to the cost of, uh, of of gas, certainly, and also displacement. A lot of these stores are in the south, and Katrina Path is right smack in the middle of the Dollar General footprint. But this is a company with 20 years history of earning 20% or so, or high teens on capital. They have very little leverage. They're operating under the umbrella of Walmart pricing, which is not an easy thing to do. Walmart's put a lot of people out of business. These guys uh, survive on prices that match Walmart's, and they're earning a 31% gross margin doing so. The thing has gotten down to a uh, cash flow multiple that's un well under 10, and it's due to their core market having a lot of trouble with comps. Well, I just say that when you anniversary this period of high gas prices, uh, you're going to anniversary the period with which their customer can start to not purchase the the wants, and uh, and you'll get back to just year-over-year -year purchases of needs. Well, isn't there a, isn't there also a well-established uh, street practice of chasing this group as a play on a slowing economy? The perception that as you put pressure on uh, household income growth and employment levels generally that you want to own, that's when businesses like this should flourish. And even when they're not, even if they're delivering on that or not, they kind of come into vogue on that basis. Isn't there something to be said? Well, there, there was uh, historically that type of story, but the footprint on these things is so big that, I mean, the street may come to them as stock ideas during those periods. That's what but, I'm talking about. Um, you know, this, this industry now has a history of attracting middle and even upper uh, income uh, customers to their, you know, basic line of, uh, of, of you know, uh, household goods like soap and detergent and diapers. It's no longer, um, you know, something to be proud of to overspend. And these guys have increasingly moved stores into what you might call more middle-class neighborhoods because of that trend. But right now, uh, the stock's been down relative for a couple of years. It's trading at, well, it's at a multi-year. I looked at it when we were looking at which stocks to talk about this week. You're at a multi-year low, right? You're at a multi-year low. It's cheap on valuation, good returns. I think that the idea of getting a good deal on a product is not going out of vogue, and uh, I'd wade into it, Dollar General. Uh, then I come to another one that gives good value. This is uh, a little something I've owned in the past called TJ Maxx. I'm sorry, TJX Company. Well, it used to be TJ Maxx, didn't it? These guys have one of the few monopolies in retail, which is that they own both TJ Maxx and Marshalls. Now, this is a huge deal because when companies like Ralph Lauren uh, searching for their high-margin hits might make three or four items to get one that's a big hit, they got to move the other ones out. A number of years ago, 
TJ Maxx and Marshalls used to compete for that business, and they'd end up both bidding it up to where neither one of them could earn a decent return on capital. With TJX owning both, Ralph Lauren needs TJX more than TJX needs Ralph Lauren, and they've begun to earn meaningful returns on capital when they put these businesses together. In fact, their return on capital over the last couple of years has been 28%, 30%, 31%, was off last year, 24%, 28 predicted this year. This is retur driving returns on equity in the 40s and predicted this year for 37%. The company buys huge amounts of stock every year. They generate enormous cash flow. In 1999, they had 600 million shares out. At the end of next year, they have 450 million shares out. They bought a quarter of the company. That's a one quarter uh, reduction the, for those in the last score at home. Uh, uh, five years. So they're very serious in uh, investing in their own stock, and uh, the company is uh, you know, right now trading at about nine times cash flow. Uh, relative performance has been sluggish, and you know, let's face it, America likes a bargain. These guys are driving brand names. They don't sell any of their own merchandise. They sell brand names off price, where uh, companies like uh, Polo have overproduced, you know, a particular color or whatever. And uh, they're doing a great job, very consistent growth, out of favor right now. TJX is the ticker. I'd buy that one. And finally, Vern, I'm coming to the end of my. Uh, are you going to talk about Gap? I am going to oh, talk right. about Gap. Okay. I'm coming to the end I of love, my uh, I, I love Gap. I now, mean, the, the Gap. stock goes in and out of vogue based on, uh, I, you know, I'm not sure what sometimes, but uh, I, I understand that they're getting some oh, comps, pretty good really. uh, high marks on uh, the new uh, the new uh, print video advertising campaign that they've launched. It's you know, a big emphasis on creative dance, I think. Well, here's here's something I'll put out to the listeners. Yeah. A lot of people focus on the movie, what's in the movie theater, and if it's a good movie, everyone will jump in. If uh -huh. it's a bad movie, they won't get I focus on the theater. So comfortable seats, good corner location, good popcorn, that's gap, good restrooms. That's gap. Now, the Gap, they're on every street corner in America. They have three uh, brands, Gap, Banana Republic, and Old Navy. They they. They uh, address every income group, every style, every fashion. Now, yeah, you can they criticize well. Gap for not having the hot fashion, but when you sell $16 billion worth of clothes, <laughs> you're not going to be the hot next new thing. It's like saying blue is the hot new color or something like that. I mean, these guys are everywhere, and for them, it's all about the cost structure. So fat fish, fashion is fickle. They can't possibly build a successful business catering to fashion. They can pretend to cater to it and sh promote the fashion that they have in their store. Well, that's part they of what they got to sell. They, they sell basics. They got to sell basics. Well, a few years they make ago, basics they, they, fashionable. Well, and that's, but, what, that's not always what they've done. And a few no, years but, ago, when you look at the stock yeah. chart, they got into a lot of trouble uh, trying to be a little fashionable. Mm -hmm. And they, they, all those people have been fired. Those people are all right. gone, including uh, Mickey Drexler, who's now. Uh, leading J. Crew that went public. Well, it's the point I'm making that when they've stuck to the basic strategy of making basics fashionable, they do well. It's for them, in my opinion, it's all about the cost structure. So they've got great locations at good value. Uh, they've got access to product at good prices. They can promote with uh, uh, good economies of scale. Uh, they can bring stuff in in the middle in the from the Far East. They have their own agents over there, their own companies. And they've been able to maintain this multiple brand strategy while earning, you know, upper teens returns on capital. Uh, and they're going to drive a 20% return on equity this year. The stock is, uh, 
You know, it's off the lows. A few years ago, you really had an opportunity to buy seven, buy the stock at 7 or 8. But it's sitting here at 17. Uh, it could be lower than that. The market was weak Thursday and Friday. I think these might be Wednesday prices. A little bit of a yield here, 2%. And as uh, Vern just said, uh, you know, they who knows? They may have some things in the works. Undoubtedly, they'll have an ad campaign to drive back to school and drive the fall. And if it works... Um, the stock can go up. Uh, the good news is if it doesn't work, you don't have a lot of anticipation or expectation that they've got some hot new thing that's got to drive it. It's not 20 times earnings that's got to maintain rapid growth. It's something with uh, soft comps. Gap, low gap will be back. No downside. Yeah. So there, It's an institution. You're going to have a gap attack at some point, and uh, They'll close the, the gap. Move. Exactly. Stock's going to move and it'll up gap into up. the uh, 30s at some I would point. predict uh, yeah, at okay. some point. White flag on the punnery <laughs> on the whole gap anyway. thing. So that's been, uh, this has been Val Hughes. Uh, get it. And I'm going to now introduce uh, a beverage break. A beverage break. Gone yeah, I, went, I refreshed my beverage. Is that your air conditioner that's gone on? It's noisy yeah. out here in the woods. In the woods. Um, well... You know, anyway, I, I'm, I'm going to sleep in a cabin, but I'm not going to sleep in a cabin with uh, just screens and. Uh, you need a cool. Yeah, you need, you, need, cool you know, cabin. to sleep comfortably at night, you need low humidity. And out here in the woods, man, low humidity is not what you're getting. Uh, but anyway, um, moving right along, I'm sort of keeping same theme as my colleague because there's basically one theme to this week's value line. Tried to decide what order I'd present these. I'm going to lead off with. I've only got one company that is actually in the apparel business. Uh, the others are retailers that I'm going to be focusing on. Uh, this is Warnico. Um, now, I don't know these, I think, quite as well as you do, but um, I, my, my group of stocks this week are all four and five rated by Value Line, including, um, looks like most of them are five, no, two fours and three fives. Uh, Warnico's uh, a four, and they raised it. Value Line's raising it from a five, so they don't like it a little less than they hated it prior to this week's issue, I guess. But uh, the stock around 18 is near lows of this year, last year, the year before. Less than 50% of sales. I, you know, you'll see uh, you'll see lower multiples on some uh, on some apparel manufacturers. Warnico Designs. Sources, manufacturers, and markets, intimate apparel, sportswear, and swimwear. Brand names include Calvin Klein, Speedo, Chaps, and Ann Cole. So some pretty good brands. Um, international approaching 30% of the business. Uh, they've done some acquisitions. Um, they, you know, there's a little bit of leverage. Um, I, you know, I don't know how great they are, but uh, I'm only looking at one point. I'm looking at a 20% premium book value here. The stock at 18 compares with uh, Value Line saying 14 and a half book value end of 06 and $16 by the end of 07. Um, looks like uh, free cash flow is approaching $2 in 07, so around nine times free cash flow. Uh, market PE, maybe not uh, all that cheap by. Um, Apparel manufacturer standards. It's a reasonable market cap. Approaches a billion dollars. I don't know them real well, but um, looks uh, looks pretty cheap to me. Return on capital kind of stable in the high single digit on low single digit profit margins. But everything I, I guess what I'm saying is it all looks pretty stable. So 
Why not take I hate advantage it. I hate of Warnico? Huh? I hate Warnico. You hate <laughs> You hate them? Everything I was saying before. So Warnico. This is Warnico exactly is the a, kind of company that's going to get old failed brands. Warnico they used to man. Look how many employees they have. They've got about twenty thousand. They got an, uh, an employee staff the size employees. of Disneyland, and they uh, basically design clothes that you can do on a computer. So they now. have a cost opportunity that. Uh... Well, they certainly do. <laughs> they certainly do. Uh, all right. So, I mean, you can, uh, who knows? Also, the return on capital on these things. The thing about Warnico is, I just don't think these low return on capital. That's the trap here. Is these low return on capital. Apparel guys, I think, are just never going to be able to get that any better because they've got capital that's now obsolete, given the fact that China can make a shirt for like a penny now. And uh, Calvin Klein, I mean, you know, well, great stuff. I don't stuff. buy Calvin Klein products. No, I'm not talking, but just these brands. Do you care if you own a Calvin Klein or a Tommy Hilfiger? Uh, would I care? No, not really. And they're both eight bucks in a bin at Target. I mean, do you care? <laughs> That's my point. Not really. Okay. Uh, but uh, I don't know. I don't mean to. You know, I could. I'm wrong a lot. In fact, the last couple of weeks, all my stocks have been going well. Down, I've so. got it. But they, the return on capital Daniel doesn't talks get me excited. About something about uh, the company being a potential takeout target. And uh, they would specifically identify Phillips Van Heusen as oh a potential buyer. You just made a great case for Phillips Van Heusen would be going up market if they were to acquire. That's just like this inviting a friend to a suicide party. Uh, I mean, why would you do uh, it? Yeah, this is exactly that. You want to own somebody who's relatively stable, has, um, you know, I mean, reasonable brand package here. Because what's going to happen in this group? Same thing that happens in all these industries that go through the kind of. Uh, 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 fundamental shift that you're talking about is the reasonably higher quality ones Misery get bought company. out by the whoever the surviving. The only one that's worse are. than them is a competitor. So that's the only one that probably could buy them out. Um, so now I'm going to shift to um, now I'm going to shift to uh, retailers of a variety of different types. And my first one, I've never heard of this company, Blair Corp. Uh, trades know on the well. American. Okay, yes. symbol BL. BL. 100 million market cap, no debt. Yeah. Um, they have a little bit of cash on the balance sheet, 22 million. There's a lot of guys named Blair on the board. There's about 4 million shares outstanding. There were 8 million, they're now 4. I'm not sure exactly how that came about. Buybacks. They, they, they don't explain it very well here. Uh, one would, it must be because shareholders' equity went from 280 to 125. Yeah. Um, 22 million of cash on the balance sheet. Let's say, just for kicks, let's say 12 is surplus. Well, there's 4 million shares, so I can take $4 maybe, or I'm sorry, $3 um, per share off the 24 bucks that the stock's trading at. Even at 24, it's 80% of book value, which is $32. Well, but look at the return it's 20 on twenty percent of sales. Return on return on equity has been five to ten percent consistently until right now. Okay, so they've run into some kind of a problem in performance. It's yeah. very sudden. What you're talking about is, I mean, we're talking about something that's apparently emerged in the space of a quarter or two. I don't think it's. Well, they, they're an old line uh, direct marketing company that would send ads to Eighth people. Eighth largest consumer apparel cataloger in the U.S. 
low medium yeah. priced apparel and they did uh, about 20% yeah. of their business last year on the web okay so 80% yep. off of the print uh, product but go ahead just trying to I hadn't identified well the history of this anybody. company is they sent stuff in an envelope to your house and you'd open it up and 20 different pictures of ladies dresses would spill out and one of them and would you'd catch pick your one and, call. And, and that style of selling went out and they were experiencing reduced response rates and re reduced you know sales per uh, order and all that kind of stuff so about three or four or five years ago now they launched their first real catalog that looks like uh, you know a catalog to you or I and they've had mixed results with that um, and they've sort of you know struggled to try to find something to replace what was really a great business in 1958 for 50 years. Okay. Well, I but it's a good it generates cash flow. They do buy stock. Right. It's dominated by family, so it could get sold here's at some point. Here's the thing that kind of grabbed me. Value line saying 2007. They think they they um, transition through some or anniversary. Uh, some uh, one-time expenses that they, um, I'm not going to go into the details, but they detail them here in their little write-up, okay? Yeah. And they speculate that earnings, which in, the la in 2002 through 2005, pretty consistently around $2 a share, can get back to $1, okay? Um, at that level, free cash flow, so value lines cash flow, less the capital spending number, $1.60, $24 stock, not too bad on a free cash flow basis, at with earnings at half the level they'd averaged for the prior four years, okay? On a normalized basis... Well, remember, they, they got rid of their uh, finance sub. Right, so maybe that has something to do with, yeah. you know, whether you can well, get they, earnings back like, to... Go ahead. Yeah, I was just going to say, some of these stores, they you know, one of their successful businesses was, you know, loaning money to their... Customers yeah, but at high rates. I, I, I'm guessing paper, etc. Remember, you've talked about that as well. So this looks very cheap. Uh, with this, you know, it's a decent uh, bet. I've owned this in the past, and they they have their there's, moments. There's no, I mean, the balance sheet's beautiful, and the stock um, adjusted to around twenty dollars on the excess cash looks pretty interesting. Yeah, and then I a little like higher quality, maybe Pacific Sunwear, PSUN symbol. Billion two market cap. This looks to me like uh, fairly high quality. I don't, I, you know, I haven't followed their history here, but it looks like fairly high, high, high quality. Sorry, uh, growth story that's kind of gone off track a little bit, and you can get it at a discount. This one's twice book. Okay, it doesn't have the low multiple of book, but 75% uh, of revenue, 35% discount to the market. The stock at 16 is, I mean, you're, you know, lows of the last three years. Um, gross margins here generally up a little bit over time, now running around 40%, look very good for a retailer. No debt, okay? So, Chris, you know, again, um, you know, uh, beautiful balance sheet. Return on capital around 20%. With the gross margin return on capital performance, looks fairly sustainable. Sales per share, sales have done nothing except go up. Um, they've been buying some stock back, as some other companies have, last two or three years. That's helping sustain the growth on a per share basis, but um, they're still putting up growth in absolute level of sales. 
uh, value lines forecasting 10% 07. So, well, this whole surfing lifestyle California beach thing, um, you know, isn't going away. It ebbs and flows, and it says, uh, you know, value lines. They're says in there. That they've you know had some missteps on a merchandising basis, and they're working on some new stuff that heavily features surf and skateboard themes, some new endorsements, etc. And uh, they have a new uh, footwear concept called 1,000 Steps catering to value line says underserved niche 18 to 24 year olds hard for me to believe they're underserved underserved well, that's uh, an idea why don't you get those 18 to 24 year olds teenagers hey i hadn't yeah. thought of that hey young adults do they have money do they like to spend money now, on fashion these items? guys do uh, quicksilver this week too i don't know if you looked at that but quicksilver competes no, with with pack sun uh but i think a few years ago they did something interesting which was they bought a uh ski line okay. to offset the seasonality of their business and i i did not actually look at it this week i should have but um depending on the valuation of quicksilver that you get a little bit of the pacific sunwear but then you also get an off-season uh piece of the uh, ski this, and this resort stock is 16 it was 25 at one point this year highs the last three years 29 26 25 Okay. Well, I don't think we have to tell listeners they know it, but, you know, the market's been, if you missed a number this last earnings season, I think on average companies got through, but if you missed a number by a penny or two, and unfortunately I owned a few of these that we've talked about on this show, uh, you can read all about my Maya Kalpas a few weeks yeah, ago. But, um, you know, I think these guys got caught up in that as well. I didn't own it, but, you know, you miss a penny or two, you're down a lot, and yet your infrastructure's in place. This hasn't just been around for a year or two. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah. Similarly, another one that I like and sort of serves the same theme in a way, although it's really hardware, not software, as it were, uh, West Marine. And a stock you talked West about, Marine. I think, the last time it was I did, up in the but rotation. I, I, W-M-A-R I've dropped the boat on that. Um, $250 million market cap now. Uh, stock around 12 is... Fern, there's an airplane flying over the cabin. There are airplanes flying over, unless we were to How, Why aren't we more in the wilderness than this? <laughs> you have to go places where they have no forest to avoid aircraft flying over. Look, all the... That's really troubling. All the creatures of the forest have, have acclimated to the sound of high-pitched I don't know, turbines. I don't know if I like that. Well, I, you know... I, there's, it's rare, and I'm really noticing, uh, hmm. hear that okay. babbling brook in the distance? I, I hear that now, now that the aircraft West is Marine, uh, value line rates this a four. I mean, I don't know if you all caught this, but uh, Pacific Sunwear, five-rated stock by value line. They just lowered it, so the stock's walloped. It's at lows the last three years. It just years, can't get any worse say, for Pacific no, Sunwear. No, we, we like it even less. I, I, West Marine. It's down, and we're downrating it further. <laughs> Stock 12, uh, bottomed last year at 12. Year bef- Two years prior to that, at least 13, okay? So it's been a long time since the stock has been at these kind of levels. Um, if you don't know this name, these guys are a leading supplier of boating supplies and related uh, uh, related apparel in the U.S. Accoutrements okay? to they the boat. They have 375 retail stores, 86% of revenue. They do wholesale and catalog as well. Um, if you've ever been in one of these, you'll find them in most places where there are, uh, where there is boat recreation going on. Yes, a floating course. recreation, I guess. The neat thing um, about this company is they have a giant, giant. Unlike most retail channels, they have a giant market share of this channel, uh, and it's 
course, very volatile, I don't very know seasonal. I don't think there is another nationwide retailer in this segment. And they've been experimenting with uh, putting stores in some different locations. Uh, they're not exactly you know, going into malls, but they are starting right. to show up in suburban areas with the idea that they'll capture boat owners' business near where they live, not just where they actually use the boat. Which makes well, some particularly sense. stuff that you might want to wear you know, when you're going to the I've been in several of these stores. The they could they could do a lot better on their merchandising. Uh, they they've got yeah. a great niche. They've got a, a wonderful channel. They're not exploiting it well enough. Um, well, and their customers are high income customers. You show me a boat customer, that's going to be top quartile of income, a, which is a great a group to attract because, to your uh, store. Stocks down a ton because of perceived issues with uh, you know consumer fuel, and fuel. Katrina. Insurance. But uh, West Marine is not, I mean, I don't know what their average uh, sale to a consumer is, but it's probably under $100. It's, they're not selling boats to people. No, no, These no. These guys are selling you a, a replacement for a fuse on a your A gadget boat. so that you're, you know, so your boat or, will run. Or they're selling you a, a pretty little brass barometer that you're going to, you know. What's their gross the margin? Is it in the 40s? No, the gross margin has... Uh, uh, moved around over time, running around 32% now, range 28 to 35. See, they need to get that up, and they're going to try to do it with apparel. Well, and they're trying to do it with, uh, they're trying to be a little bit experimental and imaginative about mm -hmm. product uh, categories that would serve the same customer that might not be strictly boating related. Apparel yeah. fits that. They've got some other uh, things going on, I think. They've had some issues going on right now, especially this adjustment in the market to uh, to anything that has to do with boating. I mean, the boat makers themselves have been crushed. Um, yeah. This is a situation where uh, uh, your return on capital historically has been 5 to 8%. It's a run in one or two now. It very easily could double. And, I, I mean, they're a retailer, okay? I, they well, I do know for uh, with, with some certainty that this company right now is working the way you'd want them to work if you if owned you own it. it. They're working on return on investment. They're trying to figure out a way to maximize your sales per the foot. The stock is 90% and, uh, book. They're tinkering with the their footprint a little bit. 90% book and like 10 times a, um, what I'd call a, what looks to be anyway, a um, more normalized level of earnings, okay? Uh, right now, earnings per share very low. Anyway, you know, could the multiples could get cut in half here. Uh, and that brings me to the last one. Same thing. Multiples could get cut in half. Stock I talked about last time. This is rated five by Value Line. They really hate it. Uh, we talked about the possibility that Radio Shack would be bottoming out. Stock 16 and a half now has apparently been 14 earlier this year. I'm thinking it was maybe around this level when I talked about it last time. So maybe it's been down in this back. Not sure. Uh, about 40% of revenue, so not exactly cheap compared to the whole universe of retailers out there. But I'm looking at $16 stock price. Looks pretty attractive on a... They're another high market like share eight, company eight in a year, niche. Uh, track record of where the, that, that's a low uh, stock price. Why? Return on capital consistently been 20 to 25%. A lot of history down with like the nine or 10% Radio Shack. Right now. It's got a lot of room to move Hill up. Tandy, There's been a, Charles a lot Tandy. of management turmoil here. A lot of controversy about the name. A lot of concern about uh, their major market going to uh, going to the internet I mean I can just get a gadget and I mean if I need a little uh, doohickey uh, in my uh, well replacement goes to the world. internet because you can simply order what you have but when you're looking for a little gadget and you need to make sure it's the right one and all 
Um, you know, the internet's great for well, hosting they, a lot of inventory, but you gotta sometimes you gotta look at this thing and make sure. They it's caught right. a tiger by the tail um, a few years ago when they uh, they got heavily, fairly heavily into selling um, cellular phones through their stores, and I think that's according to Value Line, it's about a third of the top line now is uh, wireless sales, which have been sagging for value or for Radio Shack. And I, I think it just goes well, to the penetration point, rates are right high. that now you know, you're going to need to adapt the merchandising model. But you've got the channel, you've got a great brand, um, very well, um, very well liked and trusted brand in America, and you can buy this thing real cheap. May take a longer to work. I, but I you know, West Marine and, and um, Radio Shack to me. Very interesting. Pacific Sun, I think, is our best idea here. Very high-quality name. Our best idea because it's probably the least risky of all of the others. Well, your best my idea. Best Let me idea. see which one my best idea, best idea is. What's your best idea? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I have to say that if you just want to put something away and don't look and at it. I mean, the uh, Wall Street. Oh, the we. The we. Uh, of, you know, of, it's always we. Okay. Well, I have to say, I say I, of my. there's no team my, here. On my stuff. Oh, okay. I did it all myself. Yeah, there's no team, but uh, let's see. I'm going to have to say my favorite this week. And I'm torn because they're all like great. Polo. Well, Polo, but it's a little more expensive than I like. Um, probably from this level, Dollar General. Dollar General. I think a no-brainer. Okay. And, That's and all I have. With that, we, uh, we wrap up this week's uh, edition of the Value Line Observer. We've been uh, through the... Uh, uh, August 11th issue of the Value Line Investment Survey and uh, Einburn Value, and um, I'll just say uh, aloha and uh, hi from uh, from the from the woods where it's uh, the, the deep woods. This is Val Hughes, comfortable. and, uh, and a I'm noisy, uh, it turns out. It's a bit noisy out here. I want to encourage you to visit our website where we may have some photos of our uh, cabin adventure out here in the woods. Uh, that's www.thevalueguys.com, but I think it's important to say. Learn more about us not. there. You can also yeah, access uh, archived shows and, uh, and, of course, listen to this show as well.